0: My loving pranams at Bhagwan's Lotus Feet. revered elders, brothers and sisters. I do understand it's a little early in the morning, but it is also the last day of our youth leaders retreat. And today evening onwards, maybe we'll be proceeding to our respective native places. The subject which has been given to me today is Sai's message for youth. <coughs> and let me begin, therefore, with Swami's own words. Of course, this is meant for everybody, but I think there's something for youth as well. I quote, no matter where you go, always do your duty as you see it and know that I will be there inside you guiding your every step of the way. In the years to come You will experience me in many different manifestations of my form. You are my own, dearer than dear to me. I will protect you as the eyelid protects the eye. I will never leave you and you can never leave me. From this point on, Do not hanker after anything. Do your duty with unwavering love, seeing all as God. Be patient. In time, everything will be given to you. Be happy. There is no need to worry about anything. Whatever is experienced, whatever happens, know that this avatar has willed it so. There is no force on earth which can delay for an instant the mission for which this avatar has come. You are all sacred souls and you will have your parts to play in the unfolding drama of the new golden age which is coming. As this is the last occasion maybe I'll be addressing this assembly. Maybe there's a Q&A session in the afternoon, I thought I'll wrap up my ideas of what my understanding is of Swami's message relevant for the youth. There are several gems of advice that Swami has given for our benefit. First, Start early, drive slowly, reach safely. Of course, Swami has taken the slogan from the railways. Generally, when you visit a railways platform, you find this message in India. But why is it relevant for youth? It is said, some people feel. Spirituality is something which you do after retirement. Sixty years is over, then you will have lot of time to do all this. But at that point of time, when the body has become weak, when the senses have dimmed your energy and enthusiasm is on a low the hair has become gray you're not able to walk with a walk without a walking stick the teeth have fallen at that point of time what real contemplation you can do if you have not really started early. So Swami says, start early, somewhere. Devotion is a plant of slow growth. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't become a tree overnight. So start when you are young, when all your energies are with you. Maybe you will falter. Maybe you will, at some point of time, make some mistakes. Doesn't matter. Walk in the direction of the Divine and at some point of time the progress will certainly accelerate and the chances of your reaching the goal will be far more intense. So this is the first message I would like to leave with you. Don't think that there is always time in the world to do Our spiritual act. Yesterday a beautiful imagery was given. Life is a block of ice. Every moment the ice is melting. The elders, Swami would say, in this journey of life, will get down in the platform early. Their platforms will come much earlier. It's the youth who will travel much longer and they must catch the spark from the elders, their wisdom, their experience and take it forward into their lives and into society. We are meeting today so early in the morning. In fact, when the schedule was originally drafted, the early morning session was not there. I suggested <clears throat> the early morning is very sacred time for Swami. <clears throat> Why not we have our bhajans or prayers early morning? There is a significance for the prayer in what in India we call the Brahma Muhurta. <clears throat> it is called the hour of God. One day, Swami was explaining the difference of the prayer we do early in the morning and late or at any other point of time in the day. In a bank, He said, there are two kinds of accounts you open. The first is the current or savings bank account and the other is called a fixed deposit. In a fixed deposit, you deposit your money for a certain period of time and in general, you cannot withdraw the deposit till that specified period is over. (coughs) Whereas in your savings bank account, you keep depositing, you can keep withdrawing as per your need. Swami says, the prayer that you do at other times of the day are like the savings bank deposit. The prayer that you do early in the morning, you know, the other day also it was shown, the Brahma Muhurtam time, four to six, is like a fixed deposit. Whenever you need divine help, (coughs) divine succor. Whatever prayers you have done during the day, I will allow you to encash for your daily needs. But the prayer you do in the Brahma Muhartam is special. I will not allow you to withdraw for any other purpose. It is exclusively meant for your spiritual growth and evolution. So therefore, it is so important to meet early in the morning. I know it is so difficult for youngsters and our schedule here has been quite tight as well. But this is an occasion for us to cultivate some habits which will take us far in life. In fact, in a day, you don't have to give too much of time. I do understand when we are young, especially when we are working, there is so much pressure of time. But can we keep aside 15 to 20 minutes? It's just that much of time. 15 to 20 minutes, this is Swami time. This is a time which I am not going to use for any other purpose. I will not talk to anybody, I will not give it to anybody. It is exclusively between me and Swami. And whatever you want to do, you want to think of Him, you want to sing His glory, you want to connect to Him, you want to read Sai literature, Whatever, it is your way of communicating and being in communion with Him. In the mid-90s, Dharmakshetra Bombay was celebrating its 25th anniversary. And Mr. Indulal Shah who was then our international chairman he prayed to Bhagwan Swami, we want two students from the university also to participate and address the gathering for that occasion. So Swami picked up two old students, two faculty members, I was also one of them and one of us spoke on the Dharmakshetra anniversary day the other my talk was slated for a day when Swami was interacting with the youth of Bombay and he said you speak to the youth and there were people who didn't know Swami. This I organization had been working with the college students and a lot of competitions had been organized and at the end of all their competitions they brought them to Swami and many a student was seeing Swami for the first time. Because it's very beautiful the way he interacted with them. But before his discourse he said, You speak. So, I started highlighting to them the essentials of SAI education. And then, at one point of time, I emphasized that in the SAI university, in fact, the entire SAI education system, prayer is a very important, integral part of the daily schedule. Why? And this is a statement which I made on that occasion. I said, prayer is man's greatest strength and God's only weakness. Man's greatest strength and God's only weakness. And I looked at Swami. Swami was seated on his chair. I thought I had committed blasphemy. I was looking at his... Face, he just was looking down, didn't react at all. So I moved ahead and completed my talk. And the whole session ended. We went inside, and Swami walked into Colonel Jogara's room, which was adjacent to the room where we were staying in Prem Kutir. Dharmakshetra. And we also followed Swami into the room and he looked at me and he said, You expressed beautiful thought. Which thought? He had only two words God's weakness. From that day, I publicly announced to my students. God has a weakness, and that is prayer. Many of times, some students come to me, Sir, don't speak like that. God has no weakness. He is perfect. I said, it's true, He is perfect. But He Himself has acknowledged, this is my personal conviction and experience, an acknowledgement card which He gave me, that He also has one weakness, and that is the prayer of His devotee. To learn to pray is... A habit which we have to cultivate from our young age. Throughout the schedule here, we have had bhajan, we have got suprabhatam, we have had... Everything is a prayer. It's our means to communicate and commune with Bhagwan. So start early, drive slowly, read safely. keep aside at least 15-20 minutes a day to connect to Swami. Third gem of advice, Swami says, it was portrayed the other day, the end of education is character. What is character according to Swami? Character is self-control, sense control. (coughs) It is something which we have to start from a young age you may become the head of state of a country it does not mean that you have sense control there's an incident which happened the head of state of one country was visiting another country they had reached the airport of the other capital and the aircraft was going round and round in the aircraft in the skies Everybody was wondering why is the dignitary not landing, but after some time, the aircraft went back to the home country. You know what had happened: the head of state was totally drunk, and his aides and the crew members did not want the whole world to know that their head of state is drunk and he is in no position to be presented to the world, he cannot come out of the aircraft. They just took him quietly back to their home country. Just being the first citizen of the country does not mean that you have character or sense control. When we are young, sense control seems to be a very big challenge. Swami has simplified it for us. He says, You have five senses your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth. Five senses. Two of them have shutters. God has given you shutters for them. The first one is the eye, the second is the mouth. If you are going on the street and you see something which is not desirable, shut your eyes. When you are walking on the road, look where your foot is going. It is not meant to be seeing everything that is happening around you. You will fall into a ditch. The second, he says, is the mouth. Shut your mouth open your heart. This is the advice once he gave to the students. Shut your mouth, open your heart. Two senses which he has given us shutters. He said, concentrate on them. If you are not comfortable handling all the five together, handle only two of them. Supposing somebody says, I find it very challenging even to control these two, then choose only one. And the king of all senses is the tongue. His first maha mantra for students and for youngsters is Talk less. If you ask me after so many years of my completion of education in the university, What is the most priceless advice that Swami ever gave me? I will say, it is talk less. Most of the problems of our society, interpersonal relations, will be solved if we talk less. What does that mean? There are four sins which the tongue is prone to. First, to talk too much, over talking. Second, telling lies. Third, criticizing others. And fourth, carrying tales and spreading scandals. These are four sins which the tongue commits. When you talk less, all the four automatically get reduced. Not only that, Swami used to say, you know that human being is like a radio. Supposing you keep the radio on all the time, even if it is not tuned to any station, just the noise, so much of energy consumption is taking place. How much of energy is draining out? The same thing happens to you when you keep on talking, talking, talking. When you talk less, your memory power will improve. You will conserve energy. You will avoid indulging in the four sins of the tongue. But more importantly, Silence is the language of the spiritual aspirant. Those who are keen to follow the spiritual path have to master their tongue. One day it so happened, I was sitting in the bhajan hall at Vrindavan. The evening bhajans got over and... Students were returning to their rooms after the bhajan. Teachers usually sit on the last row. I was seated in my place and a student came, his eyes were red. Obviously he was weeping for quite some time. So I asked him, what's the problem? He said, sir, I want to talk to you. I thought he was already quite emotionally disturbed. I should not talk to him in public. I said, come to my room. So we went to the room and this is what the student said. He said, Sir, today when the bhajans was going on, Swami's photograph was there at the altar. He said, In front of the photograph, I saw Swami manifesting himself. In Vrindavan, we did not have the physical presence of Swami throughout the year. Most of the year He would be in Prasanthalim or elsewhere. So whenever He would come, it would be for very short duration of time. So the whole life at Vrindavan is actually yearning for the Lord, yearning to see Him, yearning to feel His presence. That day, this boy saw Swami standing in front of the photograph and Swami was crying. And through his tears, he was telling this student, how many times I have told you, talk less, talk less, you don't listen to me. And Swami is crying. Seeing Swami crying, the student also started crying. Then he asked me, "Sir, shall I take up monum? Monum is you know total silence. I will not talk. Complete maunam for so many days together. Shall I take up maunam This was his inquiry. I said that is not feasible. Tomorrow in the class, if a teacher asks you a question, can you tell him I am doing maunam I am maintaining silence and so I cannot answer your question. So that is not feasible. But I suggested to him something practical. I said, see in the day there are certain occasions when we assemble in large gatherings. When we are sitting for food or we are sitting for prayer in the bhajan hall or in the college or we go for darshan. These are occasions where if you maintain silence, nobody may find fault with you. So in large gatherings, whenever you assemble, avoid talk. Other occasions, it's okay. He practiced it for a week. Again, it was evening time, bhajan time. Bhajans got over, and again as I was seated in my place, this student comes, said, I want to talk to you. I said, come. And we went to my room again. He said, Swami came again today. Is it? What did he say? He said, Swami said, I am very happy. I am very happy. Take one step towards me I shall take a hundred steps towards you. Sulabha Prasannaaya Namaha This is how we describe the Lord in his Namavali, the hundred and names with which we glorify Sri Sattisai. He is very easy to please. It's not so many things we have heard for the last two days. It's not necessary that we have to practice each and everything that you have heard. At least one of them. Can we take one advice which we have received and make it an integral part of our life? One at a time, step by step. When I was a student and even after that, I had this habit of taking one teaching of Swami and trying to experiment in my own life to see whether it is valid. Because when we are young, we have so many questions. Why should I do it? Is it really going to help me? Is it really going to benefit me? All these questions will be answered only if you start practicing. One day, we were with Swami and Swami was speaking about Gopika Bhakti. The devotion of the Gopikas of Vrindavan. And he said, the highest form of bhakti is the Madhur bhakti. And that was embodied by Radha, a great devotee of the Lord. You know what is the essence of Radha bhakti, Swami said? The essence is in the name itself. R-A-D-H-A Radha Who is Radha? You take Ra, the letter Ra and put it in the end of the word it becomes Adhar. You take the letter A and put it at the end of the word it becomes Dhara. You take Dha and again put it in the end of the words it becomes Aradha So, Radha ka Aadhar, Dhar Aradhana. The quintessence of Radha's devotion was that it was a continuous stream of contemplation of God, of Sri Krishna, of the Divine. And then Swami said, If any one of you at any point of time practice this devotion, I will know. I will know. This happened in Kodekanal. A few weeks later we were back in Vrindavan. It was Buddha Purnima day, 20th of May 1989. In those days, we used to stand outside Thrai Mandir, waiting for Swami's Darshan. And the time that he would come out would be any time between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock. So you have to go there early and wait for him. And hours together you will be waiting for him and everybody would be standing. And so I was also in that group. Not many people were there, 100 people maybe. And with nothing to do one day, I thought, why not try this particular teaching with Swami has said. He said, I will know what you are up to. So I started thinking of him and continuously thinking of him. And almost two hours passed. Suddenly there was some noise at the door. The door opened and Swami came out. Usually he would come down the staircase and then he would walk past us and go into the Sairamesh hall give darshan there. That day, he didn't come down the steps at all. He was standing on the landing of the steps. He looked straight and he pointed like that and he called out a student. And I was standing in the corner of the whole group. He then looked in my direction and he pointed like that and he said like that. So both of us ran and landed almost at the same time at his feet. Swami said, the director of some UNESCO or some international agency is coming today and uh, I want you to come and arrange tea for him. So he called us inside and then gave us instructions. The gentleman came. Of course, he had just had lunch. He didn't want to eat anything. So he had only juice. We served juice. And all that happened. So much food was left. Swami said, now you only have this. It will all go waste. <laughs> so apparently he had called us to serve, but we ended up eating all the snacks ourselves to the extent possible, two of us. And then after everything was over, I returned to my room in the hostel. And then it dawned on me what had happened. I was practicing and actually trying to validate what Swami said. If you think of me continuously, I will know. So I was thinking of him I said, will Swami know? And that was his way out of hundred people. Why he called the other boy, I do not know. Why he called me, I certainly know. He wanted to give me an acknowledgement card, you were thinking of me, this is my acknowledgement card. If you have the aspiration to connect to him, it is my experience. God has got 101 ways of connecting with you. I think this is the most important thing we should carry back with us from this retreat. Let us never ever feel that Swami is not there. I cannot feel it. I dare not feel like that. He will not allow me. All the time, every action, every, even when He was there with us, you know, even your thoughts He would scrutinize. There have been occasions where He has scrutinize even the dreams which I have, whatever thoughts I had in my dreams also, he has scrutinized and said, this is it, I know I am there with you in all the planes of existence, the Jagrat, the Swapna and the Susupti. The awakening state, the dream state and the sleeping state, in every state of existence, he is there with us. That kind of conviction is required to do His work. I was highly amazed by the enthusiasm of our youth and the kind of programs that they are contemplating. It's something wonderful. Don't question your own capacity. It is God's work. Even if we make a few mistakes here and there, if your intention is good, He will correct you, He will guide you he will inspire you and he will take you forward and please remember, see all the service that we do, please remember, it is not that work which is important for him. That work is not important. What is important is the what the work has done for you. What impact the work or the seva or the prayer or the bhajan or whatever has done to you. That is important. Once in Vrindavan he was addressing, he said, I don't want your bhakti. I want your transformation. And this is how I interpreted this to the student because something very surprising. Swami saying, I don't want your devotion. I want your transformation. Swami, we thought that Devotion is our path to connect to you, and you are saying you don't want our devotion. So this is how I understood and interpreted it to our students. I said, what Swami means is that devotion which does not lead to individual transformation is not true devotion at all. It's only an illusion that we are devoted to Him. It should transform you from within, not that externally you will look different. You will look the same. You may be just the same individual, but what happens within you is going to be something totally different. And only when there is individual transformation can we take it forward to society and initiate social transformation. So, our duty is therefore... To remain connected. The retreat is an opportunity to connect to him. A few weeks ago we had a summer course in Indian culture and spirituality for our university. At the end of it everybody was so delighted. There was so much of positive energy which was generated and the same I feel here. How much of love, how much of sharing, how much of bonding, you know, is taking place through a simple thing like a retreat. It's our opportunity to remind ourselves and to connect to Swami, connect with each other. And through that process, not individually, we can be in our homes and be so devoted and live Swami's teachings. Wonderful, but the time, the need of the hour, that's was what I emphasized yesterday. The need of the hour is not enough to do individually. We have to get together. The spiritual brothers and sisters have to get together and do together and this is how Swami would explain to the students, you know you have A and you have B, a simple equation from mathematics and you double A, it becomes A square, you double B, it becomes B square. but If you take A and you take B and you put it together and A plus B and you do whole square, it becomes A square plus B square plus 2AB. You get an extra quantity called 2AB. That is divine gift. You benefit personally and you benefit even the people who are around you. That is how Swami warns us to live our lives. And if we walk on this path which Swami has shown us, His assurance is there. I am in you, around you, above you, below you. And once when I mentioned this to the students in His presence, Swami corrected me. He said, I am with you. I am with you also. He didn't you know, want me to leave the statement incomplete. I am with you. And you will experience that. It's been a wonderful opportunity to interact with all of you. For me personally, it's a miracle that I have. I don't go even to Bangalore city and I have come all the way to Bali. (laughs) It's something very, very. (laughs)